Radio Book Rwanda. Isabamu ritimu kinyarwanda. Radio Book Rwanda. Radio Book Rwanda. The Sykes Are Woke by Anik Shimwa Laren. Did you just interrupt me? Shama hissed. Gil stood rooted to the spot. So you take my sword, you hide it, you lie about it, and now you have the audacity to interrupt me, Shama continued. Wiping away the water flowing down his cheeks, Gil implored. Relax, please, it was just a joke, I'm sorry. Gil's knew that although Shama had appeared calm, underneath was the rage that everyone was familiar with. I apologize. I didn't mean to disrespect you. Gil's voice cracked as he realized that she might not drop it. He understood how much her sword meant to her, and he had thought hiding it would make his prank not only funny, but also brave. You said it was just a joke. Dark skin, lithe body, and big round eyes. Shama tilted her head. Now, I want you to crawl to my office just like you did earlier. Take the sword run to the fence, throw it in the training pits, come back laughing. I want the laughter to make the loudest possible noise because that's how it sounded earlier. You'll find me here, asking who took my sword, just like you found me then. I want you to look at me in the eye when you tell me you know nothing about it. Then I want you to interrupt me when I try to talk to you again. Gil started sobbing, and that was the only sound that could now be heard in the room. Do you know how old I was when they killed our people? Eight. The rage I felt then, being weak, not having any defense, is the same rage you see now. That same rage is what kept me alert as a child, a junior, and now a senior. That's what drove me here as your leader in the Sykes. And you think it's a joke to hide a sword? Shama had sworn to never feel powerless again after the attack on her territory 20 years ago. She shook her head. You can leave now. For two months, they had been seeing the boats in the sea approaching their territory. But the leaders and the elders decided from the start not to strike unless the boats attacked them first. Soon, the boats people started sending doves. And so the residents came together prior to their arrival to decide which part of the territory the boats people would occupy. They chose the seaside because it was close to the community and still far enough to hide the community's secrets. Most importantly, it was a significant distance from the VEM, the territory's operations center. The spoilers, as they now called them, landed when Shama was just a toddler. Her father, then the leader of the territory, had welcomed them with open arms along with Kami, his beta. The community had helped them settle at the seaside. They were to live together peacefully for the next six years. The spoilers fascinated Shama. Their very pale skin reminded her of the artisans that she always saw at Kami's. Their hair, however, looked like her horse's tail and had made her giggle. The 
Tommy Jr. found her staring out to the sea, still shaken by the encounter with Gills. Kami, that kid was just joking. But when I couldn't find that sword, for a moment it took me back. Shama was lost in thought. Flashbacks of the attack still lingered in her mind. The negative shan't cloud our thoughts, remember? Kami Jr. said. Kami Jr. had been her best friend since childhood. When she was six, she began staying at his house when both her parents and Kami's father went to the VEM. Kami had a big family. His sisters and cousins who lived with them spent their time at the VEM too. His mother preferred to stay at home with him and Shama. Despite their three-year age difference, they had been the same height. Now, though, Kami towered over her. He had grown a beard and always made sure his hairline was cut to perfection. Yes, the negative shouldn't, she responded, looking at him. And why is that? His eyes boring into hers, he pressed. Because we are superior to everything and everything, they said in unison. This was one of the Sykes' mantras. That evening, the territory had been celebrating the harvest. Every family was present, or at least almost every family. Drinks and food were passed around, music was played and dances were seen in every crowd. The leaders moved around from family to family to check on how they were doing and share with them their portion of the profits made in the year. The territory guards, granted off duty bonuses, joined in the celebration. That's when the spoilers struck. One moment they were celebrating the harvest. The next moment, Shama had guns fired and screams from all around. Her father began shouting orders and directing residents to get to safety. But as they tried to leave, they realized that the spoilers had surrounded the Vem and were shooting anyone who dared to cross them. The anger of being betrayed by the people that they had welcomed with open arms was palpable in the residents of the territory. Above anger, there was hopelessness. None of them were armed. None of them knew how the spoilers had discovered the Vem. Three hours passed. Residents had stopped trying to escape. They were now standing together, each family holding one another. Daddy, I'm scared, she had whimpered. No, baby. Everything is going to be all right. He bent down and scooped her up in his arms. Her mother held her hands and played with her little fingers. The spoilers started moving forward, trapping all the residents in the middle. Once they were sure no one could escape, they shouted orders. All the leaders come forward! Shama's parents stepped forward, and one of the spoilers stopped them. Not with the child! Her father put her down, ruffled her fro, and whispered, Listen to me, baby. If anything happens, you need to run to the heart of the Vem as fast as you can. Open that candy door I once showed you. Stay inside there and don't open it for anyone. For the first time in her life, she saw fear in his eyes. Her mother had tears in hers and couldn't stop squeezing her small hands. My baby, I love you. The quivering voice of her mother made her want to wail. In that moment, a spoiler woman ordered her parents to leave. She attempted to follow them but was stopped. 
she looked up and realized it was Kami's elder sister, Twale. She felt relieved and calmed down. Where's Kami? She whispered. Twale stared ahead as she spoke. Look behind you and don't make any noise. She did as she was told and saw the scared face of her best friend. He was standing between his two sisters. Beside them was his mom standing among his three cousins. The scene reassured her. It felt like the days when her parents had dropped her off at Kami's as they headed to the Vem. Get your sword. We need to be at the Junior Tigers closing ceremony at three, Kami reminded Sharma. I know that, but I'm thinking of not attending. We should test them, Sharma said. What do you mean by test them, Kami said. You mean a surprise fake attack, he smiled. Exactly. What better way to find out if their training has been effective than to attack them? Send a message to the senior tigers. I want a hundred soldiers on board when we do this, and the rules are the same. No one harms the kids. Copy that, Kami said. She stood up and walked to the window of her tower, or the blue castle as the little kids in the territory had named it. This was the biggest tower of all. You could see right across all of the territory's towers from here. Shama used her bracelet and adjusted her zoom glasses to focus in on the small park that surrounded the tower. No one could invade the territory without being noticed. Every tower had more than a thousand men and women who watched out for any strange activity. Some wore official Sykes attires, and others were undercover. Like the 70-year-old woman who made pancakes for the handsome soldiers and called them her boyfriends. She turned to where the kids were playing. Their giggles and laughter were contagious. She found herself smiling just from watching them. Some children wore crystal bracelets on their left arms. They were kids who'd shown the ability to self-teach simple defense techniques and would protect others in case of danger. The kids kept running around while their guardians monitored their every move. Almost every parent was wearing the Sykes war boots. They could defend their families and back up the Sykes in case of need. Shama smiled in satisfaction. Her people were happy and safe and it was her duty as the leader to keep it that way. Tonight, during the closing ceremony, she would remind the Junior Tigers the importance of staying woke. She would stress on the significance of being alert to remind them why they trained. What happened two decades ago should never happen again. They had been standing there, surrounded by the spoilers for two hours. Shama felt exhausted, but didn't complain. She just wanted this to be over soon. Twale squatted down and pulled Kami closer and whispered, All right, kids, remember what your fathers told you. She waited for them to understand before continuing. We're now going to head there. If anything happens to me, run and don't look back. What about mommy? Is she not coming with us? Kami asked. No, honey. She'll join us later. Now, let's hurry up, okay? 
Shama and Kami nodded their heads, and she hugged them. She worried that they were too young to face what was coming. Kami's mother kissed their foreheads and hugged them quickly before they left. They sauntered towards the heart of the Vem, pushing through the crowds. The spoilers were monitoring the crowd tightly, ensuring all the leaders were now in captivity. They moved around like predators ready to pounce on their prey. Twale held Shama and Kami's hands the whole time. They were now far from the rest of the crowd and closer to the spoilers' barrier. It had started to get dark, and exhaustion was making everyone frustrated, so they sat down on the grass and rested for a short while. I'm hungry, Shama said. I'm tired, Kami complained. We're almost at the heart, Twale assured them. Then she stood up and began walking faster, forcing the children to run after her. Where do you think you are going? A man with a big gun asked. The kids are hungry. I'm trying to find food for them, Twale said. Shama knew that Twale had been in training at the Vem with the rest of Kami's cousins and sisters. Now, looking at Twale's tense, calculating gaze, Shama understood she had been prepared for this. And what makes you think I'll let you leave? The man asked. Because we are harmless. All we need is food and we'll be back. My husband is still here. We can't leave him. The man stared at Twale, and with every passing second, Shama thought a fight would break out. All right, I'll take you there. By this time, it was very dark. They kept their distance from him. He strode out far ahead, and every now and then he slowed down to insult them for lagging behind. They remained silent when he asked their names. His big gun swung from left to right. After a while, they had almost reached the heart of the Vem. Twale was still working out how they could get there without attracting the guards' attention. Shama whispered, Are we still going to the... Shh, don't say it, Kami said. Don't say what? The man turned, moving back to hear their response, and now walking at their pace. They said nothing. I asked a question. When they didn't respond, he turned around to face them, holding his gun to Kami's head. Twale held up her hand. She just wanted to pee, and he stopped her from asking you to wait for her. What mustn't she say, boy? The spoiler said, still pointing his gun to Kami's head. He shrugged, and the guard was taken by surprise. Twale swung her fist to his face and his gun fell. Kami picked it up and passed it to her. Now the soldier lunged at Twale. Run, kids, run, she whispered. Shama and Kami ran till they couldn't hear Twale fighting with the soldier anymore, until everything seemed far away. Then they slowed their pace, and Kami held Shama's hand. We're almost there. I think I see the door, he said. Daddy told me not to open for anyone, even when they call my name, Shama said. Kami nodded. They reached the door of the heart which opened itself as they arrived. They glanced at each other and entered the heart of the Vem. The place was darker than outside and they couldn't see anything. They held hands tighter and Kami whispered, Now what do we do? I don't know, Shama said. The preparations for the surprise attack at the Junior Tiger ceremony were vibrant. The senior tigers reveled in wearing teenagers' clothes. 
They were adults of 20 to 35 years, and they always made sure to show off their maturity to the juniors. In turn, the juniors liked to challenge them with pranks. The rivalry between the seniors and the juniors had always amused the elders of the Sykes. Shama, being one of the seniors and the most powerful leader of the Sykes, tried her best not to be caught up in her generation's silliness. But now, she was hyped just like everyone else. Can someone pass me some male teenage lip gloss? Cammy asked in our sarcastic tone. The whole room erupted in laughter. Shama rolled her eyes. He makes everything about him, she said to Ganeza. Shama and Ganeza had been friends ever since they met 18 years ago at the training camp. I know, right? Tonight I hope the kids whoop his ass. They better leave his pretty face intact, though, Ganeza said. Shama smirked at this. Pretty face? Shut up, Ganeza said. You know he's pretty. I find him rather... She tapped her index finger on her chin. Gross and weird. Who's gross and weird? The girls turned around to realize that Kami was standing behind them. They burst out laughing. Someone cleared his throat, and they all looked up to Simhaka. He had been Shama's guard ever since she became the leader of the Sykes. Ladies and gentlemen... Everyone is now ready, he said. They took their swords and hid their pistols in their boots. Ganeza's hair was in pigtails, her junior girl disguise. Shama's fro had now been styled as a mohawk. They went outside to give final instructions to the rest of the senior tigers. In the dark room at the heart of the Vem, they had slept. Hours later, Shama had woken up to find the room lit. She had panicked at first, thinking someone might have found them, but then she saw Kami laying beside her. She shook him and he yawned. You're awake too? I was awake before you, Kami had said smiling. Shama's mind was already restless. It was as though her childish ways died that night after sleeping in the heart. She responded, Until now, our parents haven't found us. We need to go back and get them. No, you don't want to risk that. It's crazy out there. They wanted us to stay here and be safe. Let's explore this place, Kami said, standing up and looking around. In front of them was a big mirror glass that reached up to the ceiling. Distracted, they looked at their reflections. The beautiful clothes they had worn for the harvest celebrations were now wrinkled and dusty. As they stood there, they heard a voice coming from the mirror as it parted. Welcome, and How come it knows our names? Shama whispered. I don't know. Let's find out. Kami replied. They walked through the newly opened mirror way, and as soon as they were in, the mirror snapped back into its original position. Only this time, They couldn't see where the mirror had been. All they saw was a stunning city ahead of them. Beautiful gardens surrounded them, each decked out with small benches made of crystal rocks. As if on cue, they sat in one of the benches and a screen appeared. On the screen, they saw what was happening in the territory. All the leaders were kneeling with their hands cuffed behind them. She identified her mother, father, and Cammy's father, all holding hands. The spoilers stood with their guns and waited. 
It was as if they were expecting an order. They know we're watching them, Kami said. And the spoilers would not let them live. Her voice broke, but she refused to cry. She wanted to stay strong for her parents in case they could see her, even if deep down she felt they were not seeing her. Listen, if we go back, we will not be able to help. But maybe there's some weapons in here that we can use, Kami suggested. But we wouldn't know how to use them, Shama said. They heard the mirror speak again. Welcome, Twilight Kami. Welcome, Mrs. Kami. Welcome, Hirwan and Nizam the Kami. Welcome, Chusagrama. Welcome, Mistrama. Welcome. The list continued. It felt like the talking would never stop. Shama and Kami stood up to see the people who kept entering. Shama's eyes landed on Twale. She ran to her and crushed her with a tight hug. She felt relieved to see her and found herself crying. Shama never imagined that all those days Kami's siblings and cousins spent at the Vem would pay off this way. She kept crying and Twale held her as she trembled in her arms. After a moment, Twale whispered, We are going to heal and save our people. Shama looked around to see Kami Jr. crying in his mother's arms. Shattered people who were sitting alone. Kids who seemed lost. Then she turned to Twale, who seemed angry yet confident with whatever plans she had. She wanted to be like her. How will we do this? She whispered, wiping her tears. We'll first need a bunch of angry kids like you. Twale half laughed and smiled at her. Kami is angry as well. Shama said. Your cousins too, and all of these other children who are crying, those adults sitting alone. Shama continued. Exactly. Twale smiled proudly at her and played with a pistol on her hip. We'll get our territory back. That is how the Sykes were born. The seniors stood ready in teen-looking outfits. Shama would have laughed at them if it weren't for her own pink eyeshadow and extremely long eyelashes. Tonight, we'll give our brothers and sisters a test, Shama said, addressing the group in a loud voice. We will remind them that the Sykes are always ready. We will remind them that the Sykes are always there for each other. The crowd erupted in fresh cheers and hoisted their swords. Shama took a step back and Kami came to do the traditions. He moved forward, took his pistol and pointed it to a mannequin, and shot it evenly on both ears. Then Shama sternly ordered, Left feet, last toe! Kami complied. Right feet, middle toe! Kami complied. Shama shouted again, Swords! Ganeza and Maka walked forward with their swords. They stood next to Kami. Left hand off! She said, Ganeza, Mhaka, and Kami sent their swords flying in the air, and they landed on the left hand of the mannequin at the same time and cut it off. Arrows! She said. Three archers joined her on stage. They stood beside her besties and waited for her instructions. She commanded, The human must surrender! Then the arrows were released. They shot at the mannequin, raising its arms in the air. Kami came forward and said, Cowards kill their enemies. The crowd responded, Sykes got mercy. Kami roared, Sykes, we protect, we provide, we are woke. Kami pressed, Sykes got what? 
Mercy! What? Mercy! 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 Then Shama joined in. Mercy! This time the crowd shouted at once. The negative shan't cloud our thoughts. And why is that? Shama pressed. Because we're superior to everything and everything. The crowd erupted in cheers again. The seniors joined their assigned rides one by one. When everyone was set, Shama, Kami, Ganeza, and their guards entered their own rides. At the VEM, the seniors hyped each other before going into full attack mode. As they entered the ceremony with their disguised attires, they felt the juniors' suspicions. As Shama was about to give orders, she found herself and the team surrounded. Shock was evident on her face as she realized that the juniors had never let their guard down, especially on the day of their induction ceremony. Kaze, the leader of the juniors, walked slowly to the seniors with a cold look. When he realized who they were, he chuckled and the rest of the juniors joined in the laughter. Soon the seniors were laughing at themselves too. Kami Jr. approached Shama and said, Doesn't this remind you of something? Shama chuckled. <laughs> you mean your sister's team constantly fake attacking us when we were off trainings? Kami Jr. laughed. Well, that too. But I meant how alert all the surviving residents used to be in our first days at the VEM. Twale and your cousins sharpened us, she replied. Sharpening is an understatement. They literally tried to iron us, Ganeza added. The crowd laughed at that. Stories of the early days at the VEM usually got the attention of the youngsters. After a short pause, Ganeza said, Well, look at us now, passing on the torch. Some juniors rolled their eyes at the passing on the torch comment, and others dismissed it quickly with, Oh, please. None of this offended the seniors, and certainly not Shama. She laughed at their childish reactions and addressed the juniors who were gathered there. I was younger than you when I joined the Sykes because I was scared. But you are here because you pride yourselves in being capable of protecting our territory. You pride yourselves in being the eyes and the shields of our people. And I pride myself in knowing that my juniors are woke, as the Sykes should be. She walked towards the stage with Kaze to do the traditions for his first time.